This is an adult podcast made by adults for adults. So, have you heard of NyQuil Chicken? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have. Were we friends when we used to, when I used to drink the cocktail like donut? That was two shots of vodka, ginger ale, ice, and two cat fills of NyQuil. No, fuck Uh, no, I don't. So you have been addicted to NyQuil your whole life. <laughs> it's a good drink. I call it the night ender because if you drink more than two, you'll feel really sick. Uh, uh, are you going <laughs> to try this NyQuil chicken? Fuck no, dude. Who knows what happens? Dude, because like <laughs> chemicals and science and all that stuff, this shit's scary, bro. Who knows what happens when you cook NyQuil, right? I mean, like, for all I know, when you cook NyQuil, all the like chemicals in it will like just turn into a poison. I don't know. I don't fuck with that. No, thank you. Well, as you can see, let's listeners we're starting this episode off a little differently and it's because first of all the queen died which is hilarious because the film we brought is about that's a christmas prince rip, rip the queen <laughs> but also you know why she died right because her prince got married to america no i sent her the podcast i sent her a bookmark in the podcast and it was so funny that she laughed herself to death actually she was laughing oh. so hard well she didn't do her best to market us then no she didn't well, she, i told her that. i told her when you finish the episode let all the british people know about our podcast and from what i can tell halfway through the episode she died so an archaeologist might find her podcast in the palace one day yes or like maybe if you could do like science in her brain it's science we're talking about science again we could do science in her brain and go to like the recording section of her brain and be like oh look there's the podcast bit that killed her with like <laughs> the autopsy that hasn't the happened autopsy yet. exactly <laughs> then when they finally <laughs> autopsy her brain nah dude they ain't cutting that woman open she's like so important to the british people they would do nothing to that woman's corpse uh besides that who else died john look goddard rest in peace September 13th, 2022. This is actually why we have a bit of a cold opener before this episode starts. Yes, rest in peace, Godard. Yeah, we're not gonna do a fucking cold opener for every single motherfucker who dies. But personally, I think Godard's pretty important in my life. And I think he's kind of a rare person who's really important in most people's lives who try to explore films. Exactly. Even I knew Godard. So we might as well, like, give him some reminiscence. Instead of us getting really in-depth in any of his movies, maybe I'll just talk a little bit about some of my film-life relationship with Godard. The good memories. The good (laughs) memories. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not that special. My first movie I watched by Godard was Pierre Lafoe. Not me, baby. (laughs) Yours was Breathless, right? Mine was Breathless. And I thought that movie was just okay. You did reference that movie to me a lot when we first met, though. When you knew I talked about Godard. Because it's the only French New Wave movie I know that I've ever been able to sit through. Really? Interesting. (laughs) So how did they make you watch Breathless and then you watched a bit of Pierre Lafoe but didn't get through it no so in high school i took a film class because i went to uh, a special boy high school and we were doing like the history of western cinema so we did godard along with uh what's his name fellini and knife on the water uh what the uh, fuck polanski yeah and polanski and we talked uh-oh. about the um, yeah, oh, oh, oh. 
oh! <laughs> and so I watched Breathless in class, taking notes, and I was like, oh my god, this movie is so fucking long. And the only thing I remember from Breathless is the main character is always fooling around with his lips, always, like, rubbing his lips with his fingers. And it's actually, oddly enough, has, like, worked its way into some of my fiction that I write. Like, I, I, I will sometimes find myself writing characters who are, like, constantly fooling around with their lips because I need something for my characters to do to break up the dialogue. That's not how it functions in the movie. In the movie, it's, I don't know why it's there, but it's not just to, like, break up shots. There's, like, there's, like, something very really? neurotic about it. No, I, I feel like there's something, there's something, like, very neurotic about the way he does it. Like, I, I'd have to watch it again, but I, I think you can connect it to stuff that's happening. I mean, I think Godard puts a lot of just random shit into his films to break up ideas or oh, yeah. cinematic shots, and there's not really a good reason to it. The funniest part, too, about that, Breathless is, like, 80 minutes long it's not even an hour 30 minutes no so no, it's no. probably the shortest out of all the movies you watched but it just felt long but like pierre lafaut i think i could claim it really was the first movie that i was like oh i can watch a movie and not give a shit about character development character study narrative and i actually genuinely enjoy this movie because anna karina is so hot and visually it's so aesthetically fun that was my first relationship with Godard. And then I think the second film I watched was Viva Savi. And I only want to bring this up because I still think that movie is, in my opinion, the best love letter to an actress that ever existed, which is Anna Karina. Also, it has my favorite, favorite, favorite dance scene in all of movie cinema. Oh, okay, and okay. I, you, you have quite a few of those. Yes, I love dance movies. I mean, I love dance scenes in movies a lot of the times, and I usually obsess with them. But it is this film that started that genesis. My other good memory of Godard, though, is that I kind of connected with Catherine, originally podcast host, through <laughs> Godard, too. Oh, Catherine! <laughs> Catherine! Come back, we miss you! <laughs> True best host. Me and uh, another person, no, that- we were working on a radio show for freshman year, and we had a poster to, uh, you know, advertise a radio show. And wanted to put, what did she, glass windows? I can't remember what fucking band she wanted to put. Girl pool? One of those fucking old 2000 indie girl groups. And then I was like, can we just put a picture of Anna Karina? And Catherine was like, I know who that is. And I was like, damn, no one knows who this is at this school, apparently, except you. And it was because she had a friend who made a biography short film of Godard, and Catherine acted as Anna Karina. <laughs> <laughs> is that a pretty good? You know, Catherine, the blonde Anna Karina. Catherine is pretty good at just like to like maybe play a little bit of outside baseball. Catherine is like pretty good at having like a stock still face. You and I are not good at like hiding our emotions on our faces, but Catherine is like pretty good at having a stoic facial expression. I mean, Anna Karina's face does a lot of different things but there are a lot of shots in these movies i've seen and pictures of her where she's just like deadpan can we talk a little bit about plfo because i actually noticed something interesting watching it i haven't seen either of these two movies in so long so so there's this concept in um sort of like novel genre creation called the picaresque It's, it's a genre and it's these first person perspective novels where the characters tend to be of lower socioeconomic class they tend to be anti-heroes, roguish, rapscallion, and they tend not to change a whole lot. And the plot is really not that important. It's more the way the characters move through the world, interacting with other people. Don Quixote is like a really good example of a picaresque. And watching this movie, there's like, it's interesting because it, it manages to be engaging 
without there being character development or a consistent plot. Like, to, so to figure out what the fuck was going on in this movie after I finished it, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to the Wikipedia page. And I looked at the Wikipedia page and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of, this is kind of what I thought was going on. But I, I, I wasn't worried about that as I was watching it because the plot and the character development is really not all that important. It's just these like weird bits of dialogue where <laughs> characters will say these like vacuous sort of like intellectual things while other stuff is happening, right? It almost feels like a vehicle for Godard to have thoughts or ideas, right? Yes. And here's another argument I would put there. A lot of people like to say that these are Godard's ideas. And I've always pushed back on that just a tiny bit because I feel like it's less about Godard having these ideas and more like Godard's at a university and just listening to 600 different people talk and it's like I'm taking all these ideas and just putting them into a film so imagine like we were in Goucher and we like made a film about everyone we talked to yeah exactly and exactly. everyone who talks in university they don't have really an in-depth delivery of exactly their thoughts they're just spouting shit and then everyone like disagrees or chimes in or something like that so it's very wide the ideas you get but it's not very deep you have to go to the classes to get the deep shit it's almost like a french salon right where there are people like the old school idea of a salon where like there are a bunch of academics and intellectuals together just like casually talking about things you know, i would probably go through scenes and pick out things that are said to like use as inspiration like as an epigraph for something i would be like writing or, or doing right also the the name constantly calling uh, ferdinand a sad clown Piero. I really like that. I was like, this is another <laughs> thing I could steal and put in a novel. This is like another novel steal thing. So this is one thing I've like realized during my journey with Godard. My journey. Oh, my journey my with journey. Godard. Oh. Godard, why did you die? You know he committed suicide, right? Oh, did he really? That's too bad. But he did medical suicide. Oh, so he, he was like, I'm done being alive. Someone help me out. To add to the sadness. I don't know if it's actually sad. No, that's not that. sad. That's fucking human agency, man. It's criminal that people aren't allowed to choose to end their own life. It's more fucking biopolitical nonsense. Like, it's fucking despicable. Maybe he hated, uh, he hated, uh, what's that thing called? The COVID. The go. Oh, the COVID! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what the thing was called for a second. But, like, compared to all these art house directors that you initially get into, like Bergman, Tarkovsky, Fellini, people usually find those movies when they can't assess them, like, slow. They're like, oh, it's pretty, it's beautiful, and it's philosophical, but it's slow. People hate Godard. They think he's shallow, he has no ideas, there's nothing in it. And I think that has a lot to do with what we're talking about, where... People can watch a Godard film and pick out this little bit and then get these huge inspiration of ideas and then it makes the film look really deep. But I don't always feel like that is because the film is deep and it's more that it gives an opportunity for people to just go off however they want to. It reminds me a little bit of actually Hellraiser, which I know was one of my favorite movies, and also the idea of a um, a stylist piece. Pierre Lefeu is not interested in character development. It's not really interested in a traditional plot. There is the barest element of a plot there, but it's just for more things to happen. It's a movie that could only exist as a movie because it's not interested in the things that can appear in both literature and drama, like plays and stuff like that. So it's really a movie for movie people. And I think Hellraiser is a little similar in that it's not interested in a lot of character development and it's not interested in... Like, when shit happens in Hellraiser, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Why are people doing this? And then if you read the novella it's based off of, you're like, oh, okay, I get what's happening now. And it's because Barker is like, seems to be less interested in why characters are doing things and more in like the gross weird 
shit he can do and the tension a horror movie for horror movie theater. yeah exactly exactly and in, in literature that that's called in like a stylist piece stylist work i don't know if anyone would agree with me but i, I think of um the bell jar as a stylist piece oh a depressed might... book for just depressed people <laughs> no 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 like no because what the book is interested in is like the style and the tone i think godard's movies are movies for people who are invested in the things movies can do which is i mean a, a central core of your identity when i was watching it i was thinking about Dorita, and i was like man this is another Dorita movie god damn it this is another movie where it's just people <laughs> talking and they're just like long shots of people doing weird shit what the fuck i don't i don't like this where's spider-man bring back spider-man of course, and that's why I think Pierre Lafoe is such an important part of my life, despite the fact that I haven't seen it in so long. Because I do think it was a big, and I, I, it sucks for me to admit this because it's so cliche. But I do think it was a big starting point. It's an important piece of your like personal film canon, and I, I think we all have that for tons of things: music, video games, books, comic books, sandwiches, girlfriends, boyfriends, girlfriends, boyfriends chewing gum what's the er chewing gum what's the chewing gum that made you fall in love with chewing gum airwaves i used to eat like six of them at the same time so my but my nose stopped having the air blow like they stopped feeling (laughs) spicy so i had to eat like 12 of them to get there and it wouldn't work anymore so i gave up because then it would be just 12 pieces of gum in my mouth can you get airwaves in the states i don't know i was in the states when i was Knocking those airways in my mouth. <laughs> you were knocking them back. Knocking them back. <laughs> One last story. Speaking of people who hate a Godard. Hate a Godard. <laughs> so she tried to get into some of the movies I watched. And she honestly did like a lot of my movies. But she always knew I was obsessed with Anna Karina. And so we put it off because we knew if she didn't like it, it would be really awkward. So you watched... Le Content, which has no Anna Karina, actually, because I didn't want her watching an Anna Karina film and, like, getting jealous of Anna Karina and therefore ruining the film for her. So instead, we watched Le Contempt, and she hated it. She said it was the stupidest movie she'd ever seen, and it was just about tits and fake intellectualism, pseudo-intellect bullshit. And I just sat there and because I didn't want to say anything to make the conversation grow bigger. Dude, see, all right, here's the one thing I'm going to say about that. I'm going to say about that. If you're a person who matters to you a whole lot, whether it's your sister, your girlfriend, your mom, your bus driver, really love something, and you can't, like, figure out why it is they love it, like, you probably need to, like, reevaluate some things, right? And that that, that comes with no, some... No, co- I disagree. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 fuck that. <laughs> it comes with some caveats. Like, if you're like... Here, this is my favorite thing. It's just a video of uh, children getting punched, and I, I'm the one who's punching them, and I recorded it. At that point, you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I need to reevaluate why this is your favorite thing. But, like, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta like, meet your, your people in the middle, right? You're making let me, my let me ex say- sound really bad right now. I want to defend her for a bit. Is that okay? One of her favorite movies, we finished watching it. I thought it was okay, but she asked me how I liked it, and I was like, you know what? Here are the things I liked about it. And I told her, and I said it was pretty good in the end and then i went back to my website that i do all my ratings and gave it two out of five stars Uh oh two weeks later she found out my ratings and that was very bad i wonder what i'm supposed to do fake my ratings i told her why i liked it well that's the thing i think you have to do no that's the thing i think you have to do right so for instance if you put 
two DVDs in front of me, one of The Screaming Skull and one of Pierre Lafoe, and we're like, which one do you want to watch, Suede? I would be like, hell yeah, The Screaming Skull. Love that movie. Fucking badass. But if someone was like, can you understand why someone likes Pierre Lafoe? I would be like, yeah, of course. And I would... I, I wouldn't just say that because, like, I'm trying to think the good thing. I would say that because I know you like it, and I can see that through your eyes. Like, there are sections in this movie that I'm like, oh, there's a Walter thing that he loves. That's a Walter thing. There's a Walter thing. If you care about someone, you should be able to understand why people like things. I think sometimes just understanding why someone likes something can still be a little patronizing and mean. No, no, no. Let me, uh, to defend your ex quickly, it's not all of their fault. It's not like you're, they're just being a total jerk. Because you, instead of being like, well, I really like this film and these are the reasons why, you just took it. And that's... That's, you gotta communicate with your partner. Suede Best here, alligator, alligator fighter numero uno, social justice paragon. If you have issues with your partner, and they're like, not serious, but they're stuff that needs to have conversations about, let it out there. Be open, use I feel statements. You know, I feel a little ashamed because I put this movie out there, and now it's being sort of attacked. I, I feel embarrassed that I've opened myself to you, right? And then your partner can be like, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that way. You gotta be open. Yeah, best that's, like a, that's like a first date kind of advice, dude. So we already knew that there was a high chance she wouldn't like it, which is why we delayed it so long. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, now, Walter, are there a lot of just tits in that movie? Yes. Well, I rewatched that movie beforehand, too, because not all the Godard souls just have tits. This was like his most tit film. Oh, you, you did pick that. You did pick that. There are tits in uh, La Pierre Fura, which is, again, personally, you know, whatever. We all have tits. All right. So, cue music. On to the episode. Thank you, Godard. On to the episode. Welcome to Fake Film Fans, a movie podcast for thoughtful degenerates. I'm Suede Best, and I'm the Christmas Prince. Wow, nice. Is someone not trying to die right now? What do you mean? You know, I'm not going to introduce myself again. You have to- Oh my god. No, you know what? I'm not. I am- I'm perfectly- I'm good. I'm good right now. I- My diet has actually been so bad the past few days. You have to introduce yourself. I ate five meals and then zero meals and then five meals and zero meals. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to hang up if you don't- I'm hanging up. I don't know if recording a podcast, if it makes sense to hang up. Okay. You need to introduce yourself. You know the other reason why I want you to, like, die? Why? Because I feel like I need to practice in allowing you to commit suicide in order to save me. This is like helping your masculinity stop being masculine. So now and we can talk name, about- And my name's Walter, and I'm really obnoxious, and I like to complain and have arguments ten minutes before we record the podcast. There we go, you've been introduced. Hi, my name is Sweet Best, and- Oh, Ching Chong Ling Long! I'm a racist Chinese man! Oh, I did no. not say that. Let's, go, let's, oh. let's let that go down in oh. history that I did Wait, not say did that. did you that just say Walter. something pretty crazy? Okay, this is a movie podcast, so let's talk about movies. No one cares about your diet. I want to talk about muscles, actually. Okay, let's talk about So, muscles. how much did you lift today? And how is your muscle thing going? Today, we did just pretty easy stuff. Just the exercise bicycle and the um the arms. Because I'll be honest with you all, I'm sore as fuck. And do you want to know why I'm sore? So, about once a month, I'll go to the... um massage parlor 
at the local mall near me. And it's just this little hole in the wall. But the ladies there are, like, so good and so chill. And they, like, fucking, they wreck your body. I mean, I, I like, literally, I could not go as hard as I wanted today in the gym because I was actively sore from my massage. How hard did you want to go at the gym? Like, normally I, like, bike six, seven miles. And today I could only bike, like, freaking five, five and a half. How long does five and a half miles take you? I always bike, so I always bike for 30 minutes, but sometimes I like put on different songs to get me more hype, right? Like, and at the end, usually I put on, uh, this is a, a fucking fantastic power metal band, Pathfinder. They, I, God, I, they're, they're European. You talked about so Pathfinder hope- six times on the podcast okay. already. Just they so have a song. Know. Okay. Well, they have a song called, uh, they have a cover of, uh, a, a theme I don't really song. want to talk about Pathfinder, to be honest. So do you have people trying to touch your muscles right now or not yet? Because you like uh, to touch your muscles, and I think Tori wants to touch your muscles. <laughs> Tori would love to touch my muscles. The only one who touches my uh, muscles is me, and sometimes when I'm just, like, sitting on my couch with my legs all out, my dad will, like, squeeze my calves and be like, looking buff, son, looking good. And then you, do you make a noise after he touches it? You mean like, oh, yeah. No, no, he doesn't make those noises. Do you make those noises when he touches you? No, that's only when I'm flexing, bro. You know when you flex? Do you flex at the gym? No, I, I do flex at the gym. After I, like, lift a bunch of weights, I try to like you know just kind of like see how the pump is going normally like right after you you like finish lifting weights your like muscles look bigger because they're all engorged with blood or muscle energy i guess i don't know you want to know what it's really like it's like playing video games because like it's so satisfying when you play a video game especially an rpg and your stats go up and it's kind of like that where like when you're done and you like look and you're like holy shit i can actually see my stats increasing no i think that's cool and i think your stats are increasing do you have mirrors at the the gym <laughs> Do I have mirrors at the gym? I don't. Okay, let's 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 real talk right now. What, what, why why are you so interested in my muscles or something? Maybe are you are you trying to get working out? Well? Are you trying to get muscular? No, I have no interest in getting muscular. I want to talk about your muscles instead. Still, to be honest, I okay, haven't gotten okay. that out of my body yet. Okay, you want to keep talking about my muscles? I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, but we're gonna keep going. Do you actually want to touch other people's muscles sometimes? No, but sometimes I see dudes who are like super jacked at the gym, and I do kind of want to like go up to them and be like, "Man, your muscles are sick as fuck." I just wanted to tell you that. I just want you to know that I think you are very cool. Dude, I think your muscles are sick as fuck, and I want to tell you that. I'm glad. Thank you for saying that to me. I think your muscles are sick AF, brah. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I think your taste Dude, in movies... you got some sick-ass okay, muscles, well, now, now, now I can tell this is in jest, and you're, you're attacking my feelings personally. No, I'm just talking about muscles. Feelings don't matter when it feelings comes to muscles. Matter. And that's why your muscles are a great representation. No, what, about, what about the feeling you get when you hug your child? in your buff muscles that's a feeling that's true you really are the muscle connoisseur then you are the muscle chad show off your muscles again to the podcast let no, the you podcast know what? i'm not gonna work muscles. out anymore you've you've made you've made this unfun for me you've killed this for me <laughs> why you made it no, it's weird i love muscles man why are you bringing this energy to the podcast this is like weird <laughs> the energy to the podcast is fine it's maybe your muscles are just too gorgeous that okay the podcast can't compete okay, with the we've muscles. talked about my muscles what about your movies walt because if there's anything i kind of still want to talk about your muscles though to be honest <laughs> so 
Okay. What else do you want to You don't say? want to talk about your muscles anymore? You love talking about your muscles. Not in this weird way where it's like, <laughs> this is like right now we're trapped in a small room. I'm upstairs in my very hot upstairs. Uh, Walter's just looking at me, licking his lips and occasionally talking about his muscles. But it's not like a sex thing. If it was a sex thing, I, that would be normal. This is something much weirder, something much more uncomfortable. And I, I don't know yeah. what it is. It's a new thing. It's like just muscle adoration. It's just muscle adoration. That's Can you give one more flex of muscles to the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I couldn't. I I couldn't see actually clearly enough. Can you do it no, one more no, time? No, I'm not doing it again because you're making it weird. Okay, what we need to do is we need to tweet this uh, muscles onto the Twitter though for sure. No, they're not buff enough to tweet. Okay, I'll cut that out. No worries. You're not gonna cut that out, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, trust me, when, when my muscles get buff enough to, like, because, like, if you knew me, you'd be like, wow, Swade has gotten a lot stronger. He has. He has gotten a lot stronger. They really are big. Your muscles are sick, brah. I know. <laughs> this is so weird. This is our weirdest source of comfortable opening. This is, I hate this. You didn't introduce yourself either. Can you at least introduce yourself now? Okay. Can you say who you are? Let's start it again, then. <laughs> you introduce the podcast, and then I'll introduce okay. myself. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Fake Film Fans. My name's Suede Best, and I'm a degenerate podcast host. I love muscles. <laughs> That's how you introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Walter, and I'm ready to talk about movies. You're ready to talk about movies. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Do you think maybe it's time for you to get your own muscles going on? No, I don't want to do that. Why? See, that's actually one of the sinister things about fucking people who love talking about their muscles. They always pretend that it's something they want to do by themselves and they just want to worship themselves. It's always about themselves. But then you give them that space and then they unleash it. They really want to drag everyone around them yeah, to the gym dude. with them. It's fucking toxic. No, dude. Can you imagine if we looked like the Ginyu Force? No, I don't want to look like the Ginyu Force. That's so boring. What do you, you want to look like Majin Buu? No, I just don't want to look like Dragon Ball Z. Everyone's done that. Well, who do you want to look like? Anna Karina. <laughs> dude, you know Anna Karina went to the gym, right? She had to go to the gym. She didn't. She just starved herself. No, you haven't seen her, her letters about going to the gym? You mean the ones she wrote to James Joyce about James Joyce farting on her? No, the ones she wrote to uh, Netanyahu. Watergate? No, to, to Watergate Net with to, Nixon? No, to Netanyahu and Nixon both. Netanyahu's a... Indian guru, right? Not even close, dude. Netanyahu. Okay. Netanyahu's <laughs> been like the prime minister of Israel for like a mad long time. Uh, why is his name so fucking weird then? <sighs> I, I don't know. All I know is he's a, he's been a proponent of Zionism for a very long time. A major force destroying the He needs to get a better name, though. He doesn't sound like... He sounds like a fucking weird little Chinese person with that name. Like what? Like John Adams. John Adams? Or... Well, he's Jewish, though, so it should be John Adamstein. John Weissman Adamstein. Or... Never mind. Uh-oh. 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 There. All right. If you wanted to look like Anna Karina, instead of going to the gym, you know what you could do? I, I don't actually want to look like anyone else. Not even, like, a dog? What I actually want is, like, a easily interchangeable body that I could keep changing it, whatever. Oh, a shape-shifting yeah, body. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be sweet as fuck. You could, like, transform into a bird and fly places. You could transform into a gorilla and, like, open up a, a jar of peanuts that was super hard. And you could transform into, like, a like an old man. 
and sneak into old folks' homes. What would you do if you could transform into an old man? Because I know what I could do. Okay, so this is one of those questions that you love doing, where you ask me, but really the question is meant for you to give your answer. So instead of asking me this time, why don't you just answer your fucking question? And then we could skip 10 minutes of the podcast of me struggling to think of an answer to your dumbass question. No, the reason, so, oh my god, the reason I go first is so it gives you time to think. No, you made me go first with that style and, of right. questioning. And then I realize? saw you, and then I saw you struggle as if I'd asked you to lift the sun. Just a, an abject face of fear and confusion that I'd asked you this question. I was like, oh shit, Walter needs some time to figure out an answer. I'll answer and then he can answer. So Walter, if you could transform into an old man, what would you do? Wow. How, what an interesting question, Swade. May I find out from you first? No, I want you to know. No, I'm not giving you any time to scramble. What would you do? I'm sure you have a great idea, so I want to hear you no, go first. No, because I'm never going to be an old man. I'm going to die. Okay, fine. You know what I'll do? What? I'll ask Swain what his answer is. <laughs> Look, I'll... Okay, my, my main thought is I think... <coughs> Tell me your answer. <coughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, we could keep talking about this old man thing, or we could just keep it a secret. I'm down for Eater. But there's actually important stuff we have to get to, so... Okay, what's the important stuff we need to get to while you you, you tell us? Okay, so if you were listening to the episode last week, you'd probably fucking realize that my microphone has gone (laughs) at, like, the last 20 minutes of the podcast. That might happen again. I just want to let everyone know, traveling has not done a good has kind of fucked up all my uh, technology setups. I'm not going to be able to record a good podcast for you guys, and you just have to mute me and listen to Suede if my microphone starts going... So I just wanted to apologize to all our listeners. Okay. Well, you know what? Well, I think that's very big of you. I think that's very kind of you. I think that's very sweet of you. I think you're a sweet, kind boy. Yeah, but what if people had to listen to 10 minutes of us talking about muscles instead of hearing this apology, and now they're freaking out because they have to listen to 10 minutes of muscle talk that goes... (laughs) Then you know what, Walt? I will cut my body off. I will cut my body in twain for you and for the podcast listeners. I will make myself a martyr. I will don a crown of thorns and climb atop a cross and crucify myself with spikes of iron for the listeners. And that's why I can't do my greeting anymore. I hope you create your martyrdom just now. I will be the Jesus that this podcast needs. Moving on. So what are we doing? Talking about movies. Yeah, should we? You want to talk about the Christmas Prince? <laughs> no, I want to talk about the movie. We have a system, dude. The reason why I have to talk about the movies that I've watched is because this movie podcast is already not about movies, remember? So we have to talk about the movies I've watched. Okay, tell us, tell me the movie you watched. Let's let's do this. Let's do this like Brutus. I can talk about the Bodyguard or Dial semicolon Help. Did you watch the Bodyguard starring um, Hulk Hogan? By the way, is that the Bodyguard movie you were talking about? No, I watched the really famous Bodyguard film. It has uh, Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner as the two main characters. Do you care about Whitney Houston? Also, I get Whitney Houston mixed up with Yona Ryder all the time. I keep calling Whitney Houston Weona Ryder. But you know they're two distinct individuals, right? Yeah, well, I know one's black and one's white, but that's about it. Well, and one's got a fantastic musical career and died of a drug overdose, and the other is 
an actress. <laughs> yeah, but I never cared about Weona Ryder's music that much, so Do that's why... Do you mean why... Whitney Houston's music? Oh my god. Yeah, so that's why I brought why it not? up, because I know has... I'm gonna make a mistake already. She has good... She makes good music. You don't like Whitney Houston's music? I never cared for it. Why? why? I don't know. It just wasn't big in Hong Kong, so I never listened to it. That's crazy, dude. I love Whitney Houston. Because... I mean, that's what all her music is. Just one long note that goes higher and higher and higher and higher and wider. Dude, you... She's... Whitney Houston is rolling over in her grave right now. I like Whitney Houston's music. It's not my favorite. It's not the thing I listen to all the time. But I do have a soft spot for her music. I had no idea because you've never listened to her music in front of me. Yeah, it's because it's... You know, that's like the... There's like different kinds of music for me, right? Like, Whitney Houston's definitely like, I'm in my car driving by myself and I kind of want to sing because no one else is around music. You cannot sing a Whitney Houston. This song. Not well, <laughs> but I like to <laughs> sing along. No, no, There's I can't. No way, you dude, can I hit can't... any of those notes. I can hit a few of them. Do your muscles pop up when my you hit muscles, those notes? My muscles pop up. My neck flexes, and I just summon them. No, it's like take on me. You can't hit every note and take on me, but you, you like to sing along, right? I do not like take on me. Do you like Take On Me? It's fun to sing. Yeah, it's fun to sing. Maybe it's fun to sing. I much prefer, like, Old MacDonald had a farm than Take On Me, to be honest. Okay, I bash Whitney Houston, but I will say, after watching this movie, I've done a 180! A 360 degrees flip. Whitney Houston is the fucking best. You really liked her in this movie? I did not even like her really that much in her movie, this movie. I only liked her... Okay, so this movie is about a fucking manly chad bodyguard who fails to save Reagan. Or Nixon, I can't remember which guy. While he fails, he like moans and gets uh, hired to save this beautiful singer, Whitney Houston. While he's protecting her, he's so strict and Whitney Houston's super stubborn... But then Whitney Houston, she asses him out and they have like a good three days. And then he goes, I can't do this anymore. I have to be your bodyguard. And he breaks it off after they have sex, actually. Wait, the wait, sex, wait, 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 wait. It's the so, post-nut clarity. Was he her bodyguard before or after they had sex? Before. And then after he decided to go back to being her bodyguard and that's it. And then there's like an hour left of that fucking movie where it's just them having tension and not being fun. That part of the movie, kind of boring, not my favorite, but the little 15 minutes of Whitney Houston asking him out, kind of sly, giving him the flirtatious look and the hottest smile of all time, it is seducing, and it is fucking fantastic, and Whitney Houston looks so cute while she's doing it. And they're at this diner, and she's, like, flirting with him about his dead parents. She's flirting with him about his dead parents? Not dead parents, but, like, you know, he's a bodyguard, man, so he can't save everybody, you know? He's like the cake boss in a way. He it's is about like a cake saving boss. everyone, he's but exactly he can't like do cake it. Boss. Yes, exactly. So, they're, like, flirting about it, and every single time Whitney Houston says something, she always gives him, like, the little fucking flirtatious smile and those 20 minutes maximum cinema quality absolutely beautiful best fucking cinema of all time everything else in that movie is like not that good but so could whitney houston could she be in a french new wave movie do you think yeah fucking 100 percent. actually whitney houston's acting like probably one of the best acting i've ever seen in my entire life just putting out there oh but i will also put out there i don't think acting is useful in movies so, take it as you will. 
my statement. Dude, that's... Okay, okay, I'm not even gonna... We'll get to that one day. We'll have a, we'll have a fucking episode about fucking actors one day. We probably could do it in Marvel films because everyone loves Marvel acting and I fucking think Marvel acting is literally destroys movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you are wrong. Robert Downey Jr. is very good in those fucking Marvel movies. But... Yeah, by being Robert Downey Jr. Look, I could just be myself. Because I only want to do one thing. Wow! Clap, 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 clap. Give him the Oscars. Wow, America acting. Wow! Fucking shit-tier acting, Robert Downey Jr. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of Get that shit out of here. Sometimes when you say things like that, I can't help but psychoanalyze you, and we're not going to do it on the podcast. But, like, I just Why? Like, what are you going to say? I was like, oh, wow, how great. You just get to be yourself, and everyone loves you for it. That's great. Like, I do think that's unfair, dude. I want to be paid to watch movies. <laughs> We've had this conversation before. I know. I'm just saying, it makes me wonder how you feel about yourself when you say things like, oh, wow, their acting is just them being themselves. No, okay. That's fine. And maybe I should have better self-esteem. But I'm not just talking for myself. I'm talking for the whole humanity. Okay. My little DJs. I'm speaking to you, my little DJs, uh, everyone. I can't believe we're... Okay. We're all in this together. Rise up together and stop allowing people who can be themselves get paid. If they can get paid for being themselves, we can get paid for being ourselves. This is fucking unfair. Rise up, my little DJs, and I'm talking to you listeners. We haven't exactly figured out what to call you guys yet, so I'm just trying to shoot shit out and see what works. The phrase little DJs makes my skin crawl. Okay, we need something then. Rise Up is pretty good, though. Rise Up is very good. I will say that uh, in America, when people say Rise Up, recently there's been some uh, some less than great methodology in Rising Up. So let's rise up, you know, kindly. Let's rise up and, you know, let's not... uh. Wow, are you anti-Black Lives Matter now or something? What the Bro, fuck is I'm wrong with you? Bro, I'm talking about the goddamn people <laughs> who fucking stormed the fucking Capitol. These goddamn Proud Boys, man. These Oath Keepers. Did those people say rise up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, indeedy. Oh, yes. All I'm saying is I'm speaking for you. It sucks that Robert Downey Jr. can get a fucking ton of money for just being himself because he doesn't do anything else in any of his movies except one fucking dumbass role and then people are like that's great acting do you feel the same way about michael Sarah? yes i think okay. michael Sarah is not a good actor but i also don't think a lot of people think michael Sarah is a good actor what about barney do you think barney's a good actor yeah i think barney's a pretty damn good actor barney's like a reverse actor because most of the times <laughs> an actor is good when they can play many different roles or right? robert downey jr because he can be Iron Man and other stuff. Iron Man and Iron Holmes. And Iron... Or Sherlock Man. Sherlock Man. Wow, so diverse. The two characters are completely Dude, I love those different. Those, those fucking Sherlock Holmes movies are so much fun. You don't know what you're talking about. They're literally the same fucking movies. Yeah, which is why the Iron Man movies from this fucking Marvel shenanigans kick ass. You know what? You know what? How about this? How about my little DJs? We should all dream to be our own personal Robert Downey Juniors of ourselves. That is the American dream selling you the fucking fake ass dream. Instead of listening to the rich, which is me. So we're kind of reversing roles yeah, here, reversing. which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's weird. Usually people tell you that you can do it. Guess what? You can't. 
but you can pull them down to your level. No, don't do that. That's that's bad. You can no, do it. No, that's good. No, Burn it's not. everything! No, it's not. Don't listen to Walter. <laughs> Walter's bad. Walter's a bad person. Walter Walter is, is bad. I, I normally love Walter, but he is, in fact, a bad person and should not be Burn listened to. Burn everything, my not little teachings. Do not take this Faustian. And you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a Robert Downey Jr. or a Michael Sarah. You can just be a who you are. You can be a John. You can be a, a Jose. You can be a Netanyahu. Just be yourself. Be out there. Be loud. Proud. Are you sure you're pronouncing Netanyahu I am like a fucking real name? Very sure. Did he create Yahoo? Is that why his name is so fucking weird? Yes, he did. He yes. It's from Israel, and they every time you send an instant message on Yahoo, gives Netanyahu another bomb to blow up a Palestinian with. Yahoo! <laughs> okay i want to talk about barney barney is unique in his acting because instead of barney acting many different roles many people act barney and yet barney is consistent so what does that say that's kind of interesting in its own way too right i mean you're assuming that there's someone in a suit when barney is acting and not the truth which is that barney is a magic felt creature so Barney has never acted, you're telling me. No, Barney is a lot like Robert Downey Jr. Barney was created in a lab, and it's been the same creature made of felt and magics for its entire life. Okay, then I don't think Barney's a very good actor then. What about the Teletubbies? What about Nunu? How do you feel about Nunu from the Teletubbies? Who's Nunu? He's the vacuum cleaner. Okay, is he, again, created in a lab, like you said? No, or... I'm pretty sure Nunu is a puppet. With different hands? Probably. I don't know how they make Nunu do the things Nunu needs to do. Well, isn't that interesting in itself, where you can have many different people's hands and it's still consistently the same character? Do you think you can say the same thing about Leonardo the Ninja Turtle? Because there have been many different iterations. I don't know enough about Ninja Turtles. I know way more about Teletubbies than Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio also falls into this of only acting the same fucking role every time. Yeah, only acting in movies where he can call black people the N-word. Which movies does he call the black people <laughs> the N-word in? Maybe it's just Django Unchained. I haven't seen Django Unchained, so I don't know. Sometimes I watch that movie and I have to wonder, like, man, how into being able to just call Jamie Foxx the N-word over and over again is Leonardo DiCaprio? Because I would feel... A little weird doing that. I mean, like... But I don't trust any of the Hollywood people to not actually be racist. What are you talking about? What about Tinky Winky? Do you think Tinky Winky's racist? The problem is, I don't know what Tinky Winky is, because you've blown my mind about this Barney thing. Oh, I see, I see. No, Tinky Winky is an actor. All of the Teletubbies are actors, except for Poe. I think all the Teletubbies are a little racist, because the reasons why they talk like this at the show is because they think humans are fucking stupid, so they need to talk like that in order to explain simple concepts to us. I like, see. if you listen to the Teletubbies talk not on the show, their conversations are very complex and very smart. Do they do they speak in an earthly language, or do they speak in some other language? Uh, were they aliens? I didn't realize that. I mean, they don't look like people. Okay, you don't look like a person either. Okay, what I mean is, how can they be racist <laughs> against humans and also be humans, you stupid fucker? scariest movie i've ever seen actually walter it's the christmas prince the christmas prince i want to talk about the christmas prince because i have some thoughts about this movie i mean you can start but i'm gonna fucking make this very clear guys i don't have much to say about this movie 
<laughs> I have a few things to say. And, 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 and this is actually really fucking important. I was at the spectacle, which is that micro cinema in New York City that I volunteered at that I really love. And I watched a really cool film by the Survival Research Laboratory people, which, if you don't know, are these, like, people in California that build these giant robots out of scrap that can, like, move and automate and are remote-controlled. And they just, like, make them kill each other. And then they just make a big mess and shoot crazy fires, shotguns at their robots, and then at the end of the show, it's just all broken. So they took these robots and made a short film, which is actually something that I think Swade would really love. But instead... Swain wanted to pick a Christmas prince for this episode. Even before we watched this film, we all knew he would hate it. And guess what? He hates it. I actually love The Christmas Prince. Really? Yeah. Did you love The Christmas Prince? I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Okay. Because from what I recall from the receipts of DMs <laughs> I've got, you wrote... What, what did you write? Let me read this. Yeah, just What read a out. stupid fucking movie. <laughs> Okay, but I, I guess thought, that can mean you liked it. It's true. It's true. I love lots of stupid movies. No, I didn't love The Christmas Prince. I thought it was pretty fucking stupid. But I have some thoughts about it, and I have some questions for Walter, the rom-com expert. Here it comes. Pup, 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 pup. Hey, Swade, what's the plot of the film? <laughs> the, I mean, the plot of the film is this lady pretends to be a tutor. So she's actually a reporter. Her name's Amber. Amber pretends to be a tutor of this uh, little princess so that she can get close to this prince and discover his secrets and then she does and goes to write an article about how great he is and how he's not a giant asshole but then everyone finds out that he uh has this big secret which is that he's adopted so he's technically not the real prince and it's this whole thing and he ends up being the prince in the end because you know the thing that was weird to me was at the end that the guy comes back the christmas prince comes back and is like well, even though you totally lied and pretended to be someone that you're not for the entire time we got to know each other for fucking your job, I still love you. Let's get married. Is that whole deceitful thing a core element of traditional rom-coms? I mean, it's a core element of a lot of traditional rom-coms, yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? That's crazy. I mean, I don't know what the answer to that is, but... I don't know what, what do you mean, why? <laughs> I mean, it just, it feels like, all right, so for instance, there are rom-coms where like people don't get along, but they end up being together. But the whole lying thing seems so strange to me because like the core element of the, like one of the central characteristics of the Christmas Prince is that he is unhappy of people lying and using him for fame. And that's literally what she was doing. It's a strange writing choice to make him do this right to make to make him fall in love with her in the end but it's a genre convention in the same way that like when you're in a horror movie something i know a lot about a character will like go down into the basement which as we as viewers think is a really stupid thing to do but the the person has to go there right it's a genre convention and the genre conventions have purposes so walter as the rom-com aficionado why is this lying genre convention like a thing that shows up in romantic comedies are there rom-coms where the lying, like, makes sense? Because there are horror movies where it makes sense for people to, like, go down into the basement and stuff. First of all, the lying doesn't show up in every single rom-com, right? Okay. Like, you always bully me about Definitely Maybe. The whole point of Definitely Maybe is it takes him to have a daughter with another woman to figure out that he truly loves someone else. Right, right. It's about real relationships, more or less. No, it's not about real relationships. It's just 
Because in in many ways, a real relationship is just a fuck. That's the problem. Sometimes when you talk about rom-coms, you always are comparing it to like what's real, what's real. But what is real to you? What Real relationships are so many times just different and broken in their own different unique ways. Okay, f- fair enough, fair enough. My understanding of this trope, though, is that first of all, your goal is a happy ending. But you don't want the people to just become in love without any drama so the best way to create drama is to make the person who's the make the couple break up because of the exact thing the other person is super upset about which is why she's lying about exactly what the prince would be most upset about however the lying also works because the prince thinks his biggest issue is that everyone is using him and that's why he can't trust anyone However, he falls in love with her despite the fact she's doing it because she has something genuine and real that you can fall in love with. So once you fall in love with that super genuine real thing, it breaks the prince's preconceived notions of what's actually hurting him because he is finally saved by the true authentic love of uh, whatever you want to call it. And this is why it would work in a rom-com setting, in my honest opinion. So this would be like if you went on a date with a beautiful person and you loved them so much, but they don't listen to music. They hate music. They think music is stupid. Yes, exactly. Or, oh no, even better. You went on a date with someone and you went to all these nice restaurants. You guys would eat together and try all these different foods. And then at the end, at the end of your guys' like rom-com moment, it turns out that this, this lady that you've been dating has just been chewing the food and then spinning it into a bucket at her feet or like scooping the food into a plant or something like that. And it turns out that the only thing she eats is like mozzarella cheese sticks and chicken fingers yes and (laughs) because her genuine love for me and her genuine smile for me is so endearing and so touching yeah like whitney houston smile (laughs) can i just say to the listeners (laughs) i just love your smiles for me the listeners and i just love walter's smile for me they're not called listeners they're called our little djs i'm not calling them that (laughs) our little djs we love your smiles our little degenerates so basically it's like i thought i would love this woman because of her food but actually i fell in love with this woman because of something deeper and more authentic and even more fucking real and that's why a lot of rom-coms sort of fall into that space i actually really like that when i watched this movie i was like what a dumb asshole what a stupid idiot like this girl totally played you And you're like, but now I have to marry her. I was like, what a dick. What an idiot. But when you put it that way, it makes total sense. I think that's why it's useful to talk about genre stuff in general, right? Because like, if you can explain like why the the characters who are bad in horror movies always get murdered first, it helps. Like why the best character is always the one that survives the longest, right? So you don't feel as terrible when they get murdered so that it ramps up the tension for when the actual good character is in danger. You know, things like that. I think that's very useful. You like hearing about cliches and using them to sort of understand a genre more yeah and then you can enjoy it then you can understand why i think in a smarter movie because there's not a whole lot of characterization as to why they fall in love she's just cute and they both have dead parents is kind of the main thing well she also breaks vases oh that's true Can't she's also about like that that's true she to be also... honest the real reason he falls in love with her is because she gets along with his sister 
That's yeah. like the number one reason. Yeah, yeah, Princess Isabella. So uh, he's at, the prince is actually like the cake boss too. That's true. He's just the English the cake boss. Last episode, you tried to do a Gordon Ramsay and then you failed, so you went to the cake boss. Now you have another opportunity moment to combine them together. Give us an English cake boss. Oh yeah, you know I gotta make a cake for the for the royal family. You know I'm the I'm the prince boss. I'm the Christmas prince boss. I gotta make a cake. <laughs> oh, and my little sister, she's in a wheelchair, and everyone treats her like she's a porcelain doll but i know she can uh, ride in a sled because i'm the Christmas prince toboggan i'm a toboggan what is the difference between a toboggan and a sled i have no fucking idea but the queen of england was i might as well ride on a toboggan too see the only the only good british accent i can do and i don't know if it's good is like the like grimy like oh bro or oh, what you doing now or oh, you get on over the here the only one i can do is would you like a cup of tea? Oh, would you like a cup of... See, I can't... I can't... <laughs> oi, bruv. Oi, it's 13 bones. What you doing, oi? How about this one? <laughs> Is that like a dying British person? Like a... No, that's when they go to their football. Their what? Their football. Oh, their you football. Have to call it football. Oh, yeah, Upman City, bro. Upman City. That's not... That's too calm. All they do is... <laughs> that's true. That's true. So... You said you have some tropes that you don't understand. Was that the only trope you wanted to ask me about? That was the one that mo- that frustrated me the most. I have a feeling if I watched more, I would have questions. You know, I am always unconvinced by people who dislike rom-coms because un- rom-coms are unrealistic. And what the fuck is a realistic relationship anyways? I agree, but I think there's so there are two things. There's relatability and there's willingness to accept of genre conventions. And I think the other thing is believability. That I think The Christmas Prince might have been more believable if her authentic self had come through more. Like, if she... I honestly feel like this movie was too short. Like, I think if the movie had been longer, we could see the Christmas Prince and Amber's relationship develop realistically in some ways. And then at the end, when he's like, even though you lied to me like a giant jerk, I still love you. Then it would be like, well, I get it now, because they were really close. Why they're romantic comedies, though, is instead of filling up that relationship building you fill it up with comedy and jokes so it's like these people are having a good time so of course they're getting more connected and what i'm guessing is you're like comparing this to a little of like some of the really popular long-running japanese romance mangas where they really go into details yes sometimes yes with some that's and I, I love those i'm not like someone who's i do just too like- i do too but comedy is a shortcut because instead of having to read into the relationship, you experience a good time, and therefore you can take it for granted. There are a few that do both at once. You know, for instance, I think Moonstruck does it pretty well. I think Fifty First Dates is a super weird movie, but I remember feeling like it earned its end. I haven't seen it in a million years, so maybe not. I do have a question, which is, Walt, do you think the Christmas Prince is going to be a good king? I think with the support of Amber... His queen will carry him. Okay, because I think he's going to be a bad king, and here's why. You're about to make a terrible take. He couldn't shoot an arrow. What kind of king can't shoot an arrow? Do you know how little kings have to do in today's world? They sit there and smile. That's all they have to do. A king should be able to shoot an arrow, don't you think? Uh, no. What do you think a king should do then? They don't do anything. What should they be able to do? No, that's my point. A good king and queen in today's world is the one that doesn't do anything. I see what you're saying. So literal statues, literal figureheads. Exactly. The best king is probably the one that deserves to be in a museum. However, because you don't want to do something so inhumane to a king, 
you allow them to sit in their little palace and walk around. But don't you think it would be cool, though, if you had a king who was like, yeah, I don't do anything except I'm really good at shooting arrows. Maybe he's really good at other things, like playing with orphans. Oh, that's true. When he also is very good at playing Christmas songs on the piano. Except he only knows how to play one song, and he plays that song really slowly, despite how easy it is. So actually, he might not be very good at it. So maybe he's only good at being friends with orphans. Yeah, and he's also not very good at being friends with orphans. He's only good at being friends with 10 orphans at a time because once there's 50 who are waiting him next to the press he can't deal with them dude anymore. that's true this king had some serious social anxiety it was pretty funny yeah <laughs> he was just a liberal arts kid that's the problem i get it i think i would be actually no because if i was a king you want to know what i would do i'd get really good at archery okay yeah and you'd be a great king who's really good at archery Maybe yo-yos. I would also maybe get very good at yo-yos. That could be another thing. I was the king who was really good at yo-yos. I don't understand why you can't just do that now. Well, because I have to, like, I'm talking like, I don't have a job, so for five hours a day, I practice the yo-yo. Maybe I'll eat a gobo gobo fruit and become the pirate king. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Jesus dumb. Why do you think this prince had to get into that taxi and cut the line? Oh, it was just because he didn't want anyone to notice him because he's afraid of the press. But so he did a bad thing in order not to get noticed. Yes. He was just like, I want this first for me. So I'm just going to cut in line. Or he's just Chinese. Do a lot of Chinese people cut in line at, at the- Do at you the, not uh, know this stereotype? <laughs> no, Damn, I don't you know really live next to no Asians, man. Oh, yeah, none. Zero Asians. <laughs> Chinese tourists are so fucking obnoxious. They do- Or, well, not anymore as much, but, like, they used to not understand the concept of lines, so we were very infamous for, like, coming over and, like, never waiting in line. <laughs> 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 and that stereotype still exists, because I told you there's one time my mom was here- and she was trying to ask someone in the front of the line, was this a line? Because those people weren't from New York. They were also tourists. They were probably from fucking some dumbass suburb somewhere else. They still had that stereotype and they were yelling at my mom, no, this is a line. You can't cut. You can't <laughs> cut. That was like the first time I ever got so mad at white people being racist to me because usually I don't really care. But I don't know. I guess it was because it was with my mom. So Little degenerates, little degenerates. Ugh, every time I Our say Our little that, degenerates. Our, I can't. I can't say it. Well, I'm sorry. I can't say it. <laughs> Listeners, if you can Our figure out degenerates, if you can figure out who did this to Walter's mom, who these people are, I want you to find them, and I want you to eat all the food in their house. And anytime they get food, you eat it from them. You take their food so that they never you have any. You should cut food. in their lines. Cut in their line for food. Never make sure that they never have any food. Zero food. Racist line people. surprised you didn't have a whole lot to say about the christmas prince because i know the main girl is from iZombie, which you really enjoyed wait was she i didn't even fucking Dude, realize are you serious <laughs> the main girl was the main character from <laughs> iZombie, idiot oh god it's because in iZombie she's a zombie so she's got all the makeup on and like she just looks completely different. Well, they also frame her face weirdly in this movie. She has like a really round face for some reason in this movie. And her, she, yeah, you want to talk about but for just one thing quick. You want to talk about the Robert Downey Jr. effect? Uh, this actress kind of did the same thing she did when she was in iZombie a little bit of being like, "Oh, I'm a silly goofster." Except she didn't initially, and then. What do you mean? Sorry, I should, this cat has just made a mess, and I'm like really <laughs> scared. What kind of cat is in the room, Walt? <laughs> Donut. Cat. I mean, I know it's Donut. cat, but like, what kind of cat is it? The f- you think 
I know what kind of fucking cat it is. Is it fat? Is it hairy? Is it dumb? Is it stinky? No. It's, it's not a stinky long. cat. It's a very long cat. See, that's good. That's good characterization. It's one of the longest cats I've ever seen in my entire life, honestly. And it's a little blind. <laughs> so it's just this long, blind worm cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It literally looks like a worm, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> they they also don't like Baby Shark, but they're pretty big fan of dun, 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 uh, Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Is it an inside cat only? Kind of, but yeah. I mean, it's kind of more outside than most New York cats are. I just, I've always found, like, inside cats do, like, my cat doesn't give a shit about the TV because she could just rather go outside and eat a bird. But, like, cats that have to stay inside, I've noticed, are, like, interact with, like, screens a whole lot more because they have, like, nothing else to do. The only time I've ever seen my cat, Lola, interact with a, a screen is I was watching someone pick up a baby bunny and then the baby bunny scream as loud as it could. And Lola, who likes to kill bunnies, just like shot her head up and was like, where's that rabbit? I need to kill it. That's the only time I've ever seen her react to a screen. Yeah, but your your fucking cat is also just not nice. That's true. No, she is mean. <laughs> she is mean. Yeah. She, did, she did try to scratch Walter. Also, your cat literally made someone bleed. That wasn't me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, my cat did attack. Well, she should. The lady who came over shouldn't. It's, it's a family friend of ours. She shouldn't have touched Lola. You're not supposed to touch her. She doesn't like that. Yeah, so my point is, it's not maybe your cat's uninterested in the TV. It's probably your cat's uninterested in anything except you. Except me and violence. Your cat is not even friendly to, like, Rocky. <laughs> she is, just only at certain times. She was really pissed while you were here, though. Well, it was very weird. Uh... Yeah, I had no idea she was fucking iZombie anyways, but... Do you like it better now that you know it's iZombie? Kind of, but I think iZombie was cute, but I don't think, like, I... Was I obsessed with her? No, you just kind of liked the show. And there's, like, a lot of cool... Sh like, so, I, I didn't finish iZombie, but I did like iZombie. One of the things I liked about it is when she eats people's brains, she, like, takes on their personality. Yeah, it made her character a little more flexible. Do you really have nothing to say about The Christmas Principle? I do have, like, one thing to say. I realized one of the reasons why I hate Christmas movies after watching this movie. Oh, I'm so glad you bring this up, because I wanted to talk about Christmas a little bit, too. I think Christmas movies are incredibly cringe and annoying, because Christmas story movies are always, always about the New Year's! And I don't yeah, think it's fair weird? to have two fucking <laughs> vacations in one fucking movie i call it christmas movies i think it's cheating i think christmas movies are cheating you think easter movies wouldn't be good if easter had easter summer and thanksgiving in it okay each time everyone would be like easter movies are the best because there's three vacations at the same time but so that does mean that the grinch is the best christmas movie because it's only about christmas that's fine. And I know The Grinch is one of your favorite Christmas movies because all you did was masturbate about his little <laughs> fluffy green tummy on that episode. Don't think I forgot. Don't think I forgot. But no, you're right. I mean, like, the, the Christmas stuff that's important to The Christmas Prince are all in the trapping. There's not anything, like, integral to The Christmas Prince that's Christmas-related. Other than that, I guess it's sad to have a Christmas after you've lost someone, but that's, like... Well, it is kind of like you already have a film about a woman falling in love with a prince so you don't want to repeat that you know there are three more of these fuckers right <laughs> or two more of these fuckers yeah but then by then she's already getting married to him or something i will say talking about christmas that i did not super love this movie as far as christmas stuff goes but the beginning where all the christmas songs are playing and like the snow's going down like in the beginning uh montage and credit scene i was hype i was like fucking christmas time ready i was like i cannot wait for christmas hell yes yeah i don't even remember that scene you don't remember 
remember that scene? Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. That's my favorite part of the movie. I bet what happened was I heard a Christmas song and my brain shut off because I hate Christmas <laughs> so much. Dude, one day we're going to spend Christmas together and it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Well, you had many options, but you always wanted to go home. Well, yeah, because I, I, I like my family. So that is actually what is about what makes this thing about Christmas, because family is actually really important in this film. You have the New York family and you have the Prince Royal family. And the point of the whole film is that you think the royal family doesn't love one another, but secretly their love is entirely so fucking strong. The little girl prince prince elizabeth is that her name princess elizabeth uh she was the best character in the show right yeah but she wasn't disabled so i felt weird she was she was dis- oh you mean the actress wasn't disabled yeah exactly uh, yeah is that a thing now is that a thing that people are trying to push no one's trying to push it i just think it's funny that like no one tries to push it i don't know i think i just have some weird experiences with representation of able bodies in art house movies and stuff like that For example, there's this, like, Korean film called Oasis, and it's super celebrated, but I find the acting in that film so bad. (laughs) Because the two characters are supposed to be acting some people who have uh, severe autism, and they aren't autistic at all. And the way they act is, I don't know, it makes me confused why that film is so celebrated. I understand autism and physical disabilities is kind of very different but i just feel like both of them are always dealt so weirdly when able-bodied people kind of act these roles this is our this is our cancelable moment you know when people use gay stuff to like push negative agendas it's pink washing when people cast asian or black characters as, as white characters it's whitewashing <laughs> what do you call what 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 is the term for hiring a non-able-bodied actor i mean isn't it just ableism washing or whatever well yeah but they need a snappy term no one calls it racist washing they call it whitewashing okay and then call it health washing health washing health washing is actually not bad i was gonna say wheel washing because i'm a bad person but health washing is, <laughs> except no health washing is not right because you can be totally healthy and need a wheelchair Oh, so I'm the problematic one. I mean, sort of. Yeah, you are kind of the problematic one. Except, just so everyone knows, I actually don't believe in health. I think health is a social construct. It's one of my most controversial opinions of all time. I, 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 I agree with Walter like a good 75%. I think the way people perceive health is a social construct. I think there is a such thing as health, but I think it's more complicated than just like being able to do a pull-up and being able to run a mile. I guess it's just able-bodied washing. It's not able that washing? Able washing. Able washing? You could call it stand washing, and when people are like, wow, that's too controversial, you're like, no! And then you take out a Jotaro pose. A Jojo pose, because it's your stand. That was a great convo. I appreciated that, man. That was very useful. <laughs> I do, like that one, Do too. you know what Spina We should do bi- more of those. Do you know what Spina Bifida is? No. Uh, Spina Bifida, I don't know much about it either. It's just, it happens in utero. Do you think the actress knew what it was? I don't know. I doubt it. Do you think any of these actors were actually British? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) They were British, too. They're from Aldova, you fucking racist. They're Aldovian. (laughs) They're Aldovian. All right, here's another classic segment, the Suede Doesn't Know Anything segment. Aldovia is not a real place, right? No, it is. That's not true. Okay, then you did know it. I didn't think it was real. I don't know. You don't know? I mean, I don't think it is. Okay, time to Google. (laughs) Time for the other segment, Googling things on the podcast, Aldovia. I mean, I don't even care if it is real. I think Aldovia might actually be real. 
I still don't care. Do I have to care that it is real or not real? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just, exactly. I, okay, fair enough. It's fucking useless. Aldovians, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're real, become Chinese instead. No, they have to become. They have to become. Uh, oh, uh, well, where 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 are we gonna go? Uh, Serbia. They have to become Serbian. Become Serbian. Why is Serbia hard for you to fucking remember? <laughs> Dude, you can't tell the difference between Renona White Rider and fucking Whitney Houston. Don't come yeah, at me. Yeah, but once a place with culture history, one is two fucking women who are absolutely insignificant in the grand history of humanity. Dude, that Serbia is, the most is suge- a country with like history, drama, and actual like entire I don't know legacy of Slavs. Because there are lots of places in the world. Well, I could say this. I- There's 152 places, and I bet I have a little bit of understanding of every single place except Aldova. Oh, so then not every place. Okay, but you seem to only have an understanding of three places max sometimes. <laughs> That's because I'm too busy thinking about wizards. I, I can't I can't spend time thinking about countries. I gotta think about like a cool wizard or an evil skeleton. Well, we're an international podcast so maybe wake the fuck up. I know a lot about wizards and There's witches. There's a lot of Serbians and... who listen to our podcast actually. Did you well, know this? And you know what? I know a lot about witches and wizards and stuff like that from lots of different countries. Countries, I just can't tell you where they come from. I've read a good bit of Slavic mythology. I can tell you about that. I just can't tell you which countries are the Slavic ones necessarily. Sure. And you know what, Serbians? I'm sorry. Serbians out there, Serbs, Serberinos, you guys are my dogs. And one day Walter and I are going to come to Serbia and we're going to drink Rakia. We're going to go to Serbia, drink Rakia, baby. Let's go. And see, I remembered the word Rakia. It's just the word Serbia is like hard for me to remember. It's the <laughs> okay, word. But that's funny. <laughs> Wait, no, it's just because like, it's like a cold country <laughs> filled with like Slavic people. It's like one of those countries that was probably owned by the USSR at one point. But I just I have a hard time remembering the word Serbia. If you're offended by us talking shit about your country, you can talk shit about mine. And mine. I'm not going to talk shit. And what, what what country is that, Walter? It's Aldovia. That's where Walter comes from. Walter comes from <laughs> Aldovia because he is the Christmas prince, and that's why he hates Christmas. I'm not the Christmas prince, but I will admit I was at that coronation of knighting that prince. <laughs> that's true. That's true. What were you doing there? So I snuck a little peek in the sequel. I'm the boy that the princess little girl has a crush on. Oh, I see. You're the foreign dignitary, the princess. uh... Wait, you snuck a peek too? (laughs) No, dude. I just could write this movie. I could write a movie like this. Like, all I would need is to... Dude, all right. So like, comes. Sway thinks he's so good at things because he can write them. I could. I'm just saying, like, it's not hard to like... Well, I mean, dude, who is the princess going to meet? One of two characters. Okay, if you can write them, then write them them and get big dude because i'd rather write about wizards it sounds like copium no it's not copium i'd rather write it doesn't about sound wizards. like you could actually write about it no like, you could. know there's a difference between like you you can imagine that you can write it like you think you can write it in ability and then actually write one i can write one <sighs> i could i know i could yeah, except you haven't. Well, yeah, because, well, here's the truth. It's because well, you can't. No, if I got rich and famous off of all the romance movies I wrote, how would I, I wouldn't have time for the podcast. And I love this podcast. <sighs> Fucking copium. <laughs> uh, are you writing now? Is that what's happening? Yep, I'm writing. I'm writing it down. 
Do you think you could make a movie like this and reverse the roles? Because I imagine it more like Robin Hood, but the issue is if you made the boy the peasant and the uh, woman the queen or king or however you want to call it, it becomes like Frozen or Robin Hood where the peasant is saving in such an intense way the princess is always has like no voice or like no power in the same yeah, way. Yeah, I think it would have to be a smarter movie if you were going to write it like that. So if I was going to write a movie like that, it, I think it would end up being more like, oh, this princess is like so serious and such a fuddy duddy but guess what she meets a young soccer hooligan who is like the manic pixie dream boy and just like shows her how to have fun and she's always still in charge and he's always kind of like a goofy idiot but you know he still learns she still like learns to let loose and like how to be honest and finally meets someone who likes her for her do you know what i'm saying but that's kind of like a preppy nerd girl and then a jock meets her and then the jock is like too embarrassed to date her but then he in the end he can't resist but well i think the key thing here is that her princessness would always keep her power right the nerd doesn't always have the power in a high school setting jocks often or they used to i guess i don't know if they still do i haven't set foot in a high school classroom in a very long time but i would assume the jocks still hold the power have you watched she's the man no i've never seen she's the man I could write it, though. Okay, what's She's the Man? Write it now. She's the Man. Wait, wait, are we doing this like you're writing it to be as close as possible, or are you writing it to look super cool that you can write a lot? It's to get it as close as possible. Okay, go. You, you want me to write it down like on the podcast, or do you want no, me to No, I want you, you to tell me. Okay, so it's about a girl who plays for a team of some kind. I'm thinking soccer, probably. Um, And she really wants to play for a big, famous team. And her twin brother is going to a boarding school, but instead goes to London with a band of his. Is this sounding right? You fucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, you goddamn Googler. <laughs> no, I didn't Google anything. That's just off the top of my head. That's off yeah. the top of my head. Sure. Because you pointed out the most useless plot points. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because the, the movie ends with her kicking a soccer ball so hard that it destroys the Demon King. And that's how Viola and Duke end up together. It's because of the kick. It's so strong that it destroys the Demon King. Shamalazar. She They actually end up together because she shows her tits to the audience who's watching the game. Really? Why? Because people are like, girls can't play. And she's like, guess what, guys? I'm a girl. She throws her tits out and shows all the whole audience. Holy shit, Amanda Bynes is in this movie? This is her breakout film. Is it any good? It's one of my favorite. I mean, it's a dumb teenage rom-com, but it's like one of my favorites. It's way better than the one that she... She actually has a movie where she dates the prince in uh, the royal palace, too. That one's not as good. And Channing Tatum is the main guy, just so you know. Well, dude, we're going to have to do an episode on She's the Man. I mean, like, now that you understand some more complicated nuances of rom-com, Yeah, now that I, I can write a rom-com. <laughs> want to say that we got a five-star review it's my favorite comedy film podcast it's good 11 days nice pretending sway nice pretending i appreciate the acting you're like robert downey jr I'm like robert downey jr no this is very good it's my favorite comedy film podcast it's good i'm glad this person said this to us this means a lot to me oh it's been a long time it's been a couple months it was a five out of five review listener if you're still there i love you i love you so much you're my favorite listener i think it's great that we had another reveal if you can keep reviewing not you i meant any of our little dgens if you guys want to give us a reveal please 
I think it's important to note that I have been passing bookmarks. I actually passed a fuck ton in Vermont. Oh, hell yeah. I've been passing out them. And so if any of you are listening because of our bookmarks, tweet at us. Let us know. Email us. Or give us an email. I just want to know how much our bookmarks are doing anything. That's kind of it. Yeah, just let us know. All it takes is just shoot us a tweet at fake film fans that just says, hey, love the bookmark. I have one final little media shout out. Some folks came in through my bookstore, a band called Little Navin Avenue. I don't I think it was the whole band. It was just I think maybe just two people, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And they were awesome. And they said that they were going to listen to my podcast. Totally great people. Uh, I tweeted out their album, actually, uh, and I'll probably tweet that album out again because it's a good album. I've been listening to it. Um, the album is book one, a little warming from Navin Avenue spelled N-A-V-I-N-A-V-E-N-U-E. It's like indie-ish, rock-ish, country-ish, folkish stuff. It's good though. I, I like it. So uh, I wanted to shout them out again because they were super chill. What, what, what uh, are they into films at all? Uh, I don't know, but they were super nice and were genuinely interested in my podcast or our podcast, I guess I should say. So yeah, I mean, just go ahead and share the episode. Uh, we I love thought you guys. that we got an email of the goddamn email chain. Oh, you that's true. Idiot. We did get an email. All right, read the email because I haven't heard it yet. D- should, should I explain why I call you an idiot? No, sometimes I cry. Just just read the. You don't read want the, people uh, to explain why I call you an idiot. I mean, if you want, I just called you an idiot because you fucking are supposed to be the email boss. And you can never remember about our email responsibilities. I check the email every day. I just didn't check it. Just this You're go. about to end the podcast without giving... Also, this person literally is directing this email towards you, literally. Oh, hell yeah. Read it out. Tell people how great I am. Okay, I will read it out, but I'm not sure if I should read the name out, so... Don't read the name. Just come up with, okay. like, a good fake name. Uh, I got That's it. That's not offensive. Hey, guys. Just wanted to let Swain know how much I appreciate him handling my tornado when I visit the bookstore. <laughs> uh, all that was stated about my son is emphatically true. The fact Swain is so kind to him is part of the reason we return to the store time after time. I wish I had known about this podcast sooner. I've started at the pilot, and when I heard references to myself and i'll just bleep it out (laughs) my son i had to reach out and let all of you know how much i've been enjoying the show i've been laughing out loud boisterously uh while at work at the book warehouse oh hell yeah i know exactly who this is they're one of my favorite customers they're so good they're so quality they always pick out good books for us at the warehouse too i have so many books and my co-workers have been staring but it's all okay because i've gotten so much joy from listening to you guys if you ever need a guest host, I'd be more than happy to be a part of the awesomeness. I'll keep the tornado out of the way. All he needs is a Nintendo and the wind calms down. Just something to think about. <laughs> Sincerely yours, Miss Awesome Book Warehouse Boss, Roanoke VA. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, uh, see, that's all you gotta do. Send us an email. <laughs> Send us a freaking email. Well, I also want to clarify, you don't have to keep the tornado out of the way, right? You love the tornado. That's true. That's true. He's Sweet he's, actually secretly is so proud that he can deal with 
tornadoes that like he constantly bugs me about he's always like look how masculine chad i am i can't i literally just like have to like talk to that kid and be like hey look at this like i this person this amazing booster person is doing a great job being a a parent they're doing fantastic job i i don't know i i would not be a good parent so good on them for doing what they do i had no idea that they were a book warehouse worker i don't even know what that means to be They, uh, they work in they work in a warehouse that gets a bunch of used books they're totally fantastic well I think it's going to be really funny when they get to some of the grosser episodes. Because <laughs> I can't exactly remember where the uh, when you talk about her son. Is that after some of the grossest episodes or is that before some of the grossest episodes? Oh, God, who knows? But I'm sure they, 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 they read a lot of fucked up books. So I'm sure they're here for our fucked up jokes. No, we don't have fucked up jokes. We have jokes about not jokes. We have stories about me picking my butt. That's what whatever. I mean. Maybe like fucked up, not in like a wrong way. Fucked up in like a eating a centipede kind of way. Yo, we should reply to her on the podcast. You should click reply now and then read out your reply message. Okay, uh, I'm going to do it right now. One second, one second. I'm getting there. All right, so I'm going to read out the reply. Uh, Viola Hastings is a teen girl who plays for Cornwall's soccer team until the team gets cut. Her dream is to play for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Meanwhile, You're spoiling yourself, dude. You have to stop. <laughs> I have to stop. What are you doing? Plot. You're actually spoiling yourself. How are you going to watch it now? It's actually now worthless to watch. Dude, because you don't need to... Okay, whatever. Well, You know what? We're going to do an episode with one day about why spoilers are not that big a deal. Spoilers for the future. Future, baby. Spoilers for future. Spoilers for the future. Spoilers for the past. Why are you spoiling our podcast, dude? That's fucked up. Spoilers for the future. I'm gonna kill Walter. (laughs) All right. Well, are you actually not gonna write a reply and read it out on the podcast? No, I'm not gonna do that on the podcast. I am gonna lie. After we end this podcast, you should write. That's crazy. We're actually reading out your email right now on this episode. So she feel like she's part of us right now, you know? You got to cut this bit out. I don't want to reply to someone's email. That's that's like weird. I don't want to do that. What do you mean you don't want to reply to someone's email? I don't want to reply to it on the podcast. I have to have, like take time to write it and stuff. Oh. Mm, okay. This is a pretty good bit, right, my little DJs? No, don't put I don't don't put this in the podcast. <laughs> this is a pretty good bit, huh? Oh my my God. little DJs. Do not put this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, this is this has been an episode. This has been an episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. Go ahead and share the episode. And if you're gonna don't watch travel a movie, ever again in your entire life, it fucking ruins your brains and wishes you into a piece of lumpy dumpty. Hey, can you like flex your muscles one last time for the audience? I'm gonna flex my muscles as I do the ending bit. How do you think about that? Aren't we doing the ending bit right now? No, that's what I mean. Like as I say the thing I say at the end of the episode, I'm gonna flex. Okay. I think your muscles are really cool. Okay, thank so. you. <laughs> thank you. If you're gonna watch a movie, oh yeah, go ahead and do it with the lights off. Yeah.